Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Imperial Wrestling Podcast, the most intelligent wrestling podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, and tonight is all about Finn Balor. That's right, Finn Balor. Some of you might know him as Prince Devitt. You know, what I love about Balor, which is what he's known about now, Immediately, I have to cover the bias. The first rule is he's close to my age. Um, he has a cool look that I admire, and he's Irish. So, with that combination, um, that's the bomb.com. And on top of it, he's one unbelievable wrestler. His ability in the ring may perhaps be the most underrated wrestler there is currently in this era. Each era has that underrated guy, but at some point, they don't plateau, they ascend. And there are guys that we can talk about that have done similar things, where they just kind of were well-known, they had great skill sets, and all of a sudden they had that mainstream break, like a Shawn Michaels is a perfect example. When he first came into pro wrestling, they said he was undersized. And that's sort of the same thing that Finn Balor went through, is they immediately judged him by his size. Now in Europe, he'd be a big man at 5 foot 11, 190 pounds. Obviously there are guys that are bigger than him, but for the most part, in a majority setting, he would have been a good sized guy. You know, Europeans are not as big as Americans. So when you try to do that size advantage there, it may not work here on the North American shore. So he has got just a huge body of work. I mean, it is montrocious. And I'm going to try to cover as much as I can with you um, so that we can get all of this underratedness about Finn Balor out there. Now he's done things that I think get forgotten about. Seriously, some of the things that he has accomplished just sort of fall off the radar with Finn Balor. We always immediately go to guys like the Great One and Ric Flair or even in the WWE era like The Undertaker, The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin. But we forget about guys like Adam Cole and Finn Balor. They're not huge guys. If you look at them in street clothing, you would probably never guess that they were pro wrestlers. They kind of blend in with society. Where they stand out is what they do in the wrestling ring. And that's what this show is about. The Most Intelligent Wrestling Podcast is not about guys that look like Hulk Hogan, but were actually not very good wrestlers, but guys that don't look like Hulk Hogan, who are unbelievably gifted and beyond talented wrestlers. The old saying, never judge a book by its cover, that's literally what happens with guys like Finn Balor. Now, first of all, Finn Balor has a physique that looks like he's cut out of a cardboard box. He looks rock solid and has virtually no body fat. There's none on him. Even though it's a slender muscularity build, it is a powerful 
muscular build. And that's what I like about him. So early in his career, he's over in Europe and he's wrestling. I would say around 2000 to maybe 2007, 2008. I've got to verify that. But within the first seven, eight years of his career, um, he debuted at a very early age. He came into the professional wrestling scene at the age of 18. And I believe his first major accomplishment was winning the NWA British Commonwealth Heavyweight Championship. He began his career touring in Ireland, the United Kingdom, and yes, the United States. He made a name for himself. He even trained probably the greatest female wrestler there is right now outside of Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch. A lot of people don't know that. That's a massive accomplishment. That's a whole nother story for itself. He actually done so many things that we don't know about. Even before like the Bullet Club stuff. He was tweaking and making stuff with Carl Anderson and it wasn't quite yeah, here comes the Bullet Club. He, it was still brewing. He had a, um, a stent um, that kind of interacted with the NWA and the TNA for a couple years. And there was some European restriction, but there were opponents like Brian Danielson that he faced. And there was a big name over in Australia, uh, Mickey Nichols. And Mickey Nichols is is a big name over there during this time. And I believe Finn Balor beat him. Um, but then he lost to Daniel Bryanson later in uh, some of these inner group federation things. It was pretty cool. So he goes on and he forms a teammate, um, 2009, 2013, something like that, New Japan. Um, and Takaguchi... And I believe the team was Apollo 55. And their opponents that they defeated right away was the uh, Motor City Machine Gun, who I think is also one of the most underrated tag teams. But we'll, we'll get into that. So they uh, do this tag team thing. They dominate as a tag team. Um, it just, just some, like his very beginning intro stuff to New Japan before he becomes this great talented wrestler now Finn Balor has technical abilities where he moves fast yet he's strong he's agile yet he's quick and he kind of can do it all he has a football background and he can do anything because he's an athlete first wrestler second so when you have that ability, it makes you completely, um, what's the good word I'm looking for? It expands what you can do once inside the square circle. And his quickness and his maneuverability and athleticism makes him, in my opinion, perhaps one of the best wrestlers in the world. So 
in December, um, he this is well before he was known as Finn Balor. He had some unbelievable running where he even beat Kenny Omega. Um, and I believe, uh, even though his starting point was with Tag Team Championship, he was a three-time Junior Heavyweight Championship in New Japan in what could be some of the most underrated matches ever in New Japan wrestling. It just goes on and on and on. His body of work is massive. He even had a tour in Mexico uh, with the Luca Libre promotion, and he just kept doing stuff, moves, and beating top names, always keeping them, though, in the middleweight and junior weight category. And, and that always drove me crazy because even though he's a smaller guy, he was worthy of heavyweight championship stuff. So there's a whole tenure of stuff he did in the tag team, junior weight, and it, it just it would take three episodes to cover everything Apollo 55 did. Then in June, I believe of 2013, something magical happened, not just in New Japan, but for the entire wrestling world. And I think we overlook and forget because big names like AJ Styles and Kenny Omega arrived and were leaders of the Bullet Club. But the real credit goes to Prince Devitt. He started that entire phenomenon. He was the first wrestler in the Bullet Club era to hold both the Junior Heavyweight Championship and the New Japan Heavyweight Championship. That has never been done before, and I don't think anybody talks about it. So there's some brewing, and finally the world finds out about this formation, the Bullet Club. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And we can do an, a completely different segment solely on the Bullet Club and the things that they have done for wrestling. But this show's about Finn Balor. So the Bullet Club, while perhaps my, my most favorite fashion of all time in wrestling, outside the Four Horsemen and obviously the NWO, in this era, it's the biggest true fashion of, in, in wrestling. And Finn Balor doesn't really get any credit for that. That's a whole nother story. And then the fact that he was a junior heavyweight champion and a heavyweight champion on what arguably could be the best wrestling promotion on the planet in New Japan, Finn Balor already accomplished that. Not to mention his the opponents that you have in New Japan and the type of wrestling that is in New Japan. We forget these guys hit harder. They move quicker. They do more dangerous move. It's less scripted. It is definitely a more dangerous style of professional wrestling in comparison to our name brand here in the United States. 
His final match against Taiguchi was in 2014 in New Japan. Then something big happened in May of 2014. The Prince signed with the WWE. And what's interesting is, even though he did all these incredible matches and did all these unbelievable things in New Japan and beat some of the greatest wrestlers on the planet, not just in Japan, but in Europe. Now remember, he was beating top names in Europe. He was beating top names in Mexico. Then he was beating top names in Japan. He has done and did all of these things prior to his arrival, like true arrival, to the United States. And he doesn't even get signed to the main roster. He gets signed to the NXT, and they called it developmental work. Now tell me, what in the world do you need to develop with the guy, the founder of the Bullet Club? So when this signing first happened, while biasly I'm thrilled, I'm personally like, what are they doing calling him a developmental wrestler? At a developmental level, as they classified him, he was already better than all of the wrestlers, and I will challenge anyone on the main wrestler on the main roster in the WWE. Hands down. So they put him in the NXT and he's dealing guys like Tyson, Tyson Kidd and um, Tyler Breeze. And, and I'm not taking anything away from those guys. They're great wrestlers. Sin Cara and Kalisto and Enzo and, uh, you know, and Baron Corbin, Rhino. You know, all that stuff is great. But he's in a totally different level. Underrated and not well shared to the world. It's as if the WWE wanted to say, hey, we think we're this much better than New Japan, but that's where they are wrong. They are not this much better than New Japan. To wrestle there, you have to be a bona fide wrestler. Finn Balor was a bona fide wrestler that started the greatest wrestling fashion in this era. And has held tag team championship, junior championship, heavyweight championship, NWA championship. He's held everything and has won so much stuff. So in the end of and here he comes in the NXT. He does ultimately win the NXT championship at a takeover in 2016. He held the championship for almost a year, 287 days. The record would eventually be beat by someone that I can consider very comparable to him and Adam Cole. I think Adam Cole had it for 292, something like that. He, he had it for longer than Balor. And I think is still the, the, the title holder, if you will, of holding the championship the longest. So Finn Balor gets moved from the main roster. And I believe he went to the main roster and was drafted in Raw. And I believe he was 35. Think about this. He's 35 years old. 
accomplished things all over the globe, and he finally makes it to the main roster. At this point, he defeats Seth Rollins and becomes the heavyweight universal champion, which was awesome. He wasn't in the, he wasn't even on the main roster very long, and I think it was a Summer uh, SummerSlam championship match where he wins. I was thrilled. And he, he went against all sorts of opponents throughout the main roster. And they had him go against guys way bigger than him, like The Undertaker and Braun Strowman. And they had him doing some crazy stuff. Roman Reigns. He was wrestling big, huge guys and making the matches competitive. Too sweet style. And those who really know Finn Balor know exactly what I'm talking about. His moves and the power and just his theme music when he comes to the ring at bar none, perhaps one of the most exhilarating in all of pro wrestling. I love watching Finn Balor. Well, guys, we meet, we're here in the middle of the show and we have to thank another sponsor. Believe it or not, tonight's sponsor is Panache Lash. If you want to get your girlfriend a real treat, your wife a real treat, your fiance, your loved one, your better half, if you will, look no further than Panache Salon and Beauty Parlor. I'm telling you, they're ideally located just west of Naperville in Montgomery, Illinois. You want to get a professional lash job done, you need to go and see the professionals over at Panache. They got a state-of-the-art salon, totally remodeled, totally renovated, top-notch equipment. We have a licensed esthetician doing the work. You can't look any further. And so when your beautiful loved one blinks her eyes and you see those long, lush, Lashes just thriving and shining and gleaming as if she just won the NXT championship. She's worthy to date Finn Balor now with those gorgeous eyes. How about maybe just a facial? Maybe you need to clean up the skin work. Now look, it's not just for women. Guys, come on, you need to clean up some of that grub and sweat and grease and oil we get on our face. You need to get a, a therapeutic skin massage and get your face rejuvenated with a facial at Panache. I'm telling you, find them on, I believe it's Facebook and Instagram. It's the top-notch place. And I got to thank them for their sponsorship. Panache. To look no further. You got Panache, you got the lash. So now Finn Balor, Finn Balor you know, he's, he's champion. And he does the universal thing right away. And then in 2018 to 2019, Finn Balor is, in my opinion, one of the best intercontinental champions ever. All the stuff that they put him through, again, Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush and some weird stuff. Jinder Mahal. Finn Balor was winning titles against these beasts. And he's already done a whole body of work globally with different federations, different leagues, different places. 
Then he returns to the NXT again in 2019, the present. Come back with a attitude fashion. This guy wins the championship again for the NXT and defeats Adam Cole. He had a massive successful title defense recently against Kyle O'Reilly. And I talked about this on a previous podcast. It perhaps was the most underrated wrestling match of all time. It was terribly marketed and absolutely was a crime in the way the WWE promoted O'Reilly versus Balor. Could have been one of the greatest matches of the modern era between two of the greatest wrestlers in terms of athleticism, ability, talents, everything. The total package should have been, in my humble opinion, for whatever it's worth, a WrestleMania match. In this match, despite how underrated it was and how terribly it was marketed, You can blame COVID-19. I don't care. I'm done with the excuses. You've got a guy that has done things all around the world, conditioned like a beast, and has taken on some of the best wrestlers that have ever lived, seriously, for the past 20 years. Finn Balor has been wrestling elite, top-of-the-line-like wrestlers. In this modern era, he's been able to still survive and thrive despite his size. Balor, in his match against O'Reilly, broke his jaw. Broke it. And still carried on the match, finished the match, went off the top rope, not once, not twice but three times and delivered the stomp and successfully defended his title against Kyle O'Reilly, which was one of the best matches recently in the pay-per-view world. Hell in a Cell, all those matches are terrible. Take any recent pay-per-view, just terrible. Not good stuff. Then you get a takeover finally. And you have the greatest match ever. And I was upset they put TakeOver on Sunday night because it's always better than a Sunday show. And Finn Balor breaks his jaw. Unless you're a diehard wrestling fan, you don't even know about this match because it's not talked about anywhere. Seen in a hospital, recovering. Still finished the match in agony in pain and he signifies what a professional wrestler does and it's do your job and finish it without excuses we live in an era where you can't even go and bolt at a bowling a bowling pole they want you to mail in a ballot but you can go to Walmart and shop we live in a in a total era of excuses and here is a rising star in Finn Balor who could have easily told the ref, I can't finish the match. Or we got to go to plan B here and figure out how to end this quickly. He doesn't do that. 
just like everything else he's done in his full body of work as a professional wrestler, always going against the odds, always finding ways to win his matches, and always making everything he does remarkable. Nothing he does is short of spectacular. It's all the way or no way for Finn Balor. Bullet Club at one time sold more shirts than all the WWE shirts combined. Finn Balor is the most underrated wrestler, undoubtedly, in the modern era. Now, there will be some new names that will be worth mentioning, but none of them have accomplished and achieved the honor and glory that Finn Balor has around this globe. I want to end this show with the best match in the last TakeOver, TakeOver 31. Despite Finn Balor breaking his jaw, he successfully defended the championship. If you don't know his moves, check him out. If you haven't seen his matches, look them up. His matches against Johnny Gargano and Ciampa are phenomenal. All of his matches are unbelievable. One day we're going to look back at this, maybe 10 years from now, and go, holy cow. How do we not pay more attention to this guy? He wrestled Nakamura, Andrade. He's wrestled big, super good wrestling talents and continues to be the guy that stands alone. Despite starting the greatest fashion, he stands alone as a champion. He's a standout, and there's no irony in that. Tonight's show was all about Finn Balor. And I want to thank my audience, the most intelligent wrestling audience there is, that listen to the most intelligent wrestling podcast. Find us on Twitter. Email the show at the Imperial Wrestling Podcast at gmail.com. Find us online at www.imperialwrestlingpod.com. Thank you again for feed spot for continuing to rank us in the top 70 best podcasts in the wrestling world where there are literally hundreds if not thousands of wrestling podcasts we continually make it in the top 20 in a Finn Balor like fashion thanks for listening everybody have a good night I'm your host Kevin and this is the Imperial Wrestling Podcast good night everybody <laughs>